BBC Good Food Show winter is in full flow. And of course the party's started now because Michelle Rude Jr. is here. Michelle, great to see you here again. Have you been on the big stage yet? Have you done your first session? Absolutely. It's great to be back and <laughs> seeing, you know, cooking in front of a live audience and seeing all the people there. And uh, no, it's just, just wonderful. Really, really great. It's been busy so far. And everybody I've spoken to has said that people coming this year are more informed they're really excited to be back talking to producers, but they're keen not just to taste, but to buy and take home. And that seems to be a really big thing for this year's show. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. You know, maybe that you know, twelve months or eighteen months of uh, of reflection and being able to to find out a little bit more and uh, you know find out a bit more about food and where it comes from provenance which we've always been passionate about as chefs maybe that's filtered down to to everybody now and and people want to know actually demand to know where their food comes from which is great yeah it is Uh, we should just say that uh, tickets are still available for sunday bbcgoodfoodshow.com is the place to go People coming in trying new things. Lots of new businesses have started up during pandemic. People have had to find a way of making an income. There's some amazing things here. It's important to try new things, isn't it? Yeah, definitely it's important. Um, important to try new things um, and important to support um, your your independent uh, local suppliers. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, if you, if you see that, um, it's not because, you know, everything has opened up now that we should drop and neglect the local butcher Mm. uh, or the local fishmonger or you know your local uh, market uh, or farmer's market Uh, still carry on please go out and and support them because they need it more than anything else Mm. the independents need our support perhaps one of the good things to come out of the pandemic has been that move back to the high street to the local Mm. uh, you know grocer uh, fishmonger butcher certainly where i live in devon the the fishmonger and and the butcher are saying they've had their best 18 months ever and that's really good to see isn't it i think that's super encouraging and hopefully that connection um you know has been made uh, you know when you walk into a butcher's shop or, or a fishmonger or even a grocer and you have that connection with the owner and you talk about the produce that you're buying and and the the owner can be passionate the butcher can be passionate and give you a few tips and tell you where it's come from and all of that so you get you get that connection uh, and i think that's fabulous it, it it's not to say that supermarkets, you don't get that connection, but it's not quite the same. No. And it's important at, at your level, Michelle, as well, isn't it? You know, for a Michelin-starred chef, you have relationships with suppliers. You want to know the provenance of, of where all the products that you cook and serve in your restaurant are coming from. Yeah. And, and you know, I think it's vital. It's key uh, as well and, and key to get that message across. Um, and, um, and, and I think, you know, it's no different now, even at home. So, you know, at home, whether you're serving up Something as simple as bangers and mash, but you should know the variety of potato, where it comes from, and the bangers, <laughs> whether they are, you know, of the most economical variety or the very poshest banger. Yeah. Uh, you should know what meat is in it and where it comes from. It's almost like people taking a little bit of pride now in saying, I got this from my butcher. This, the butcher makes yeah. his own and I got them from there. And that's a real turnaround, isn't mm. it? I, I, I think so. And, uh, you know, hopefully, as I said, it... it it will carry on um, because there was a huge, huge uh, um, uptake in shopping locally uh, during the pandemic and during lockdown. Uh, but, but you know, let's not lose that. Let's carry on. Mm. 
Right, we're on the uh, the slippery slope towards Christmas. There'll be lots of people Ooh. already <laughs> stressing about Christmas Day and cooking turkeys and whatever it might be. Um, but lots of people this year I've been talking to looking for alternatives to mm. turkey. What a, what a good alternative. I, I certainly know there's a lot of game uh, yeah. being eaten this year. Absolutely. Well, I mean, yeah, there have been a few stories about, um, you know, a, a, a lack of supply in turkeys uh, and such like. So maybe now is the time to look for an alternative. Um, I love game. You mentioned game. I, I think game is a superb alternative. It is definitely you know, British. Um, it's definitely seasonal. Um, it's actually, well, it's most part, I suppose you could say it's organic, um, and um, and it's lean. So you know, it's, it ticks a lot of boxes there, mm. uh, full of flavour, bags of flavour. So if you get a haunch of venison or even a shoulder of venison, uh, and slow cook the shoulder of venison with lots of spices and things like that, it's very Christmassy. Love it. So yeah, lots of alternatives, or even just make a little game pie. You know, that is delicious with some cranberry sauce, superb, mm. and some chestnuts and sprouts, and oh. Beautiful. You've got me salivating again already. I think a lot of people have been wary of game in the past, haven't they? Because they've not known where to buy it, mm. uh, how to make sure they're getting good quality meat, but most of all, how to cook it. And, mm. you know, it, it can be a little bit expensive, I guess, and they want to make sure they do it properly. But there's so much information available now, isn't there? Yeah, there's loads of information available. I mean, you, you know, a couple of clicks on your on your smartphone and you've got a recipe that comes up. Hopefully it'll be one of mine, but, <laughs> you know, it, it is. It's um, But, you know, I, I mentioned game pie. Game pie is very economical because um, it'll you know, the, the, the game mix that you can get from your butcher will be made from some of the cheaper cups of game. So uh, you just add a bit of pork fat to it and minced up and you, then you can pimp it up in your own way. You can add some spices to that, a bit of juniper, lots of pepper, chilli, whatever you want, mm. you know, and some puff pastry, a pancake around it to collect all the juices and so your, your puff paste will be nice and crisp and it's as simple as that. it's like making your own kind of sausage roll or whatever but with game meat yeah. uh, and it's not gamey it's not strong it, it'll just be that lovely sort of good rich Christmassy flavour my big downfall at Christmas is mince pies mm. what makes a good mince pie there's so many out there yeah yeah well if you're going to make your own I would say maturity I would say that because I'm getting to a, <laughs> to a mature age but by that I mean uh, make uh, a batch for, not for this not for now but for next year mm. I've always always got a year's worth of mince pie um, and actually Christmas pudding so what the, the batch I make that I've made now, actually I made it last month, is not for this Christmas, it's for next right. Christmas. Now that's the mincemeat, that's the filling you're the talking about. The actual yeah. filling. Yeah. And, it mat- and I just put it in an airtight container at the bottom of the fridge uh, and keep it in there. And it, 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 the maturity, the, the you know, 12 months on, the, the, um, all the dried fruit have plumped up even more. Sometimes even open up the Tupperware and put a little splash of brandy or rum on top of it as well. So like you would a fruitcake, you feed it. Yeah, you yeah. give it a little bit more flavour. And it is incredible. The depth of flavour that the mincemeat has mm. is quite something. Short crust or puff or phyllo? <laughs> <laughs> You've got that look in your eye now. Yeah. <laughs> What's I, the best route? Personally, I like puff pastry. I'm French. I like puff pastry. But... Filo pastry is actually really, really cool as well because you can brush that with a bit of um, butter and maybe a little bit of honey and it crisps up beautifully uh, and is a great alternative, actually. 
We talked about um, the stress of Christmas Day. Top tips for not getting stressed on Christmas Day, particularly if you're you're having family round and you've got this whopping great turkey that you're about to put in the oven. What's what's the best way to stay chilled when you're yeah. cooking on Christmas Day? I, you know, I, I suppose we repeat this, and uh, it's worth repeating again. It's just get everything or as much as you can ready in advance, and don't overcomplicate things. I mean, there is nothing wrong with you know starting off the, di- the, the the meal with something like smoked salmon. Mm. You know, just a really top quality smoked salmon. Maybe you can mix it up with smoked salmon, smoked haddocks, smoked mackerel, and do a little platter, some maybe shop-bought horseradish cream that you embellish with a spoonful of creme fraiche uh, and maybe add a bit of other spice to it. So think practical and, you know, Get, it, get as much as you can ready. So if you've got the starter ready, a cold starter, a nice smoked fish platter, you can chill and relax a little bit and spend more time with your friends and family. Yeah, oh, and another little tip, don't don't drink. <laughs> I was going to say, before. you're supposed to have a glass of wine while you're cooking at Christmas. <laughs> don't be tempted to have a little drink of alcohol before you know everything is ready. There was only one Keith Floyd. <laughs> That's ruined my Christmas now, goodness me. Um, Let's look ahead, uh, therefore, to 2022. I know we've spoken in the past and I've asked you to have a look in your your Mm. crystal ball. What do you think we could be approaching in terms of uh, tastes and flavours which are going to be big for next year? Yeah, that's always a very difficult one, isn't it? Um, You know, going back to sort of... Local ingredients and uh, and seasonality. I think that's that's going to be even more uh, prevalent. Um, and um, I, I think I think people are are more and more demanding about where their food comes from. Mm. And I think we are slowly but surely going veering towards more plant based food, which is not a bad thing. I, I consider myself more of a flexitarian. I don't eat meat every day of the week. Um, and I think we should we should get out of that kind of I don't know it, it it's like a, a precondition that we have I say we putting my bowler hat on my British hat on that we should have animal protein for breakfast lunch and dinner you know a, a bacon sarni or a sausage for breakfast or even an egg and then moving on to uh, you know maybe a grab and go for lunch if you're working it'll be a, a, a a ham sandwich or, or, you know, or a burger or whatever. And in the evening, if you're rushed, you might get a takeaway or you might get a, a, a pre-cooked meal, a ready meal, and, and it'll be animal protein-based again. So we have to get away from that. Um, and, and I think for health reasons and you know, obviously for all, all the other reasons associated with eating animal protein, we don't need to. And I think we are going towards that, which is, which is not a bad thing. I've seen it in the chefing world. Um, and uh, and I think uh, it, we we would be better for it. Is that, does that mean you will see the menu changing at La Gavroche? Yes, I mean we we have changed over the years. I mean we we have for, for several years now do offer a full uh, vegetarian tasting menu, um, and we, we find now that a lot of people that are not vegetarian don't consider themselves vegetarian will actually pick some of those dishes, um, and uh, and you know, I would quite rightly you know as well because they are delicious and they there's as much time and effort that goes into a vegetarian meal as uh, you know a protein animal protein based meal yeah michelle always a pleasure to catch up with you uh, just finally we've spoken in the past about um i asked you what your guilty pleasure was Ooh. as a chef and you you 
put me down very quickly and quite rightly, saying there should be no guilty pleasures where food's concerned. But I do know that you like a crisp. I do like the occasional crisp. Right. Now, here's um, this is a company from Herefordshire, two farmers who got together and Ooh. diversified their business. Um, and interestingly, they're, they're handmade crisps. They use Droitwich salt, which we've talked about recently. The bag is 100% compostable, but they've got some interesting flavours here. This is their new one. Woodland so, mushroom and wild garlic. That sounds delicious. Let's, let's open another taste. That's it. Come on then. Oh, oh can we have a go with the packet? Oh, they smell great. That does smell good. That doesn't smell too garlicky either. For some people, you know, just the thought of garlic puts yeah. them off. That's <laughs> oh. oh, they're rather good, aren't they? <laughs> I wish everybody could see the look on your face now. That is fantastic. All good crisps should be Moorish, and these are definitely Moorish. It's a very, very large packet, which I'm delighted for you to take with you. Michelle, have a fantastic Christmas, and uh, uh, and all the best to you and your family for Christmas and the New Year. It's always a pleasure to catch you with you. Michelle Rudy Jr., many thanks. Thank you. I'm going to take the rest of that bag with me. <laughs>